Welcome to Giant Cocktails Happy Hour, a podcast where two amateur mixologists introduce homemade cocktails and discuss what makes each one a giant hit. Now, here are your hosts, Finn and Matthew Henry. Hey, beverage buffs and cocktail craftsmen. I'm Matthew Henry, your enthusiastic guide on this flavor-packed escapade. And joining me in the studio is the Viceroy of Vodka and Vibes, the one and only Ben Henry. We're here to take your taste buds on a roller coaster of refreshments, from the classics you know and love to creations so wild they defy categorization. Whether you're a seasoned mixologist or new to the game, there's something here for everyone. So grab your jigger, your strainer, and your sense of wonder. It's time for another episode of Giant Cocktails Happy Hour. How are you doing, Viceroy of Vodka and Vibes? Wow. I like I like the fact that I'm I'm the Viceroy of Vibes. That seems pretty cool. It does. But then they threw vodka in there and then you're like, wah, wah. yeah, it's like, uh, let's let's choose the most boring spirit. But you know what? Also, Matthew, it's the most flexible spirit. It's the spirit that you go to when you don't need flavor. You just need booze. And so that's what I am. I'm the viceroy of booze, I guess. I'm the viceroy of getting people drunk. Drunk. Yes. I don't like viceroy, though. I looked that up. That is clearly a demotion from Sovereign. From Admiral and Sovereign, yeah. yeah. And it's definitely a de- de- demotion from Tsar, which is my favorite still. So, you know, I, I, yeah. But you asked me how I was doing. Um, I'm doing pretty good, you know. I had another week of just doing nothing. As you know, I'm fun employed. And yeah, must be must be wonderful. It is it is pretty nice. I mean, you know, I do still need the money for the paying for like things like food. Yeah. But, you know, luckily I have, you know, a little stashed away so I can, you know, but it's still hard to watch it just dwindle away. You know, not hard enough for me to go get a job. <laughs> <laughs> nice to have more money but i think i'll just buy another <laughs> bottle of booze instead. yeah exactly exactly you know what when i run out of money i can couch surf for quite a while i bet yes yeah, yes yeah your wife can come over to our house and couch surf how long would you let me stay there oh maybe a day <laughs> but your wife could stay for as long as she uh, wants yeah i'm pretty sure that uh, that would be my ex-wife at that point matthew <laughs> that's true this is true still she could stay for as long as she wants yeah but anyway you know what i did do all week matthew is i worked really hard on my cocktail that i'm presenting today yeah, it seems like you did because there's a lot going on there. This was a labor of love, man, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to present it, uh, and I think it's it might be interesting to listen to, but it might be one of those cocktails that you just listen somebody talk about, you don't actually do it. Yeah, well, and and don't don't worry, listeners, I actually have a very simple cocktail to kind of balance out. Ben. So, uh, but you know, if you're enthusiastic and really want to give it a shot, well, Ben's going to spell it out for you in just a little bit. Yep. That's how I always thought of you, Matthew, the simple brother. How was your week? Yeah. You know, thank you for asking. Uh, my week was, was fine. I actually, uh, 
the work world uh, went great. I, I was hiring for a new position and you know, checking references and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you, we had two or three really good candidates for this position. And so I was checking references on all of them, hoping that one of them would tell me how terrible the person was. And uh, nobody did. And they just kept saying how wonderful each candidate was. And so I uh, it was a really tough decision. But I, I finally made it and called the person on Friday, like literally like as I was heading out for the weekend and offered them the position. And I said, hey, think about the you know, think about it, you know, and uh, and they're like, well, can I just tell you, can I accept right now? And I was like, yes, yes, you can. So this weekend has been great, you know, so got a new staff member joining our team, which is always exciting. And and uh, so, yeah, that, that kind of just, you know, work is work a lot of times. But when you start kind of doing new fun stuff, it, it kind of jazzes you up. So I, I had a great week. And, uh, you know, the 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 littlest one is playing soccer and um last week and her very first match of the season she we were asking her like how it went and her response was i elbowed a girl in the neck <laughs> and, and was uh, that good or bad i i wasn't sure i think she felt a little i think she felt a little remorse but i also felt a little pride in that statement and oh you heard pride you mean i heard some pride yes yeah and, and i was very proud was this the same game that they lost 12 to nothing yeah, uh, consensus was it was thirteen to nothing. <laughs> See, okay. Uh, okay, I lost track, so I was I wasn't sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, and then 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 they played a game uh, again this week before our last podcast, and they they actually scored a goal. Huzzah! And they actually scored the first goal, like two or three Whoa, minutes they into were the leading. match. And I was like, yes. And I was like, all right, this is a great. And then they the other team had a girl that was really fast and really good, and so like, I think we lost like. Seven to one, I think, was the the final score. Um, so yeah, so it was. You know, we're not there for the win, so we're there for elbowing girls in the neck. And on that, and that, <laughs> on that note, things are going good. Well, I know that you're there <laughs> to look at the Giants' score while you casually glance up from your phone every now and then. Well, that's because but, they have games at seven o'clock at night. Yeah, like you know, crazy. like that's Giants time, man. Like I don't understand why we're having games at seven o'clock at night, but that's just the way it is. Yeah, but clearly your daughter is there to elbow girls in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. All right. And, you know, and for us, for us, soccer is is fall, right? When we start getting into soccer, that means fall has arrived. And and when you listen to this podcast, uh, the fall equinox will be tomorrow. It'll be on Friday. And, uh, and which means that this is the last week of summer. Right, right. Well, what it actually means is it's is like the fourth week of fall. But <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, so my question to you, Ben, is what's your favorite part of fall? My favorite part of fall, Matthew, is the beginning when it starts in September and it's still warm <laughs> and, you know, but but everybody's going back to school and, and you're kind of like getting into the rhythm of getting things done. And and for a guy who doesn't have to get anything done, it's really nice to just sit here in my loungewear and watch the world go back to work while I sit around and do nothing. So that has become my favorite part this fall. But generally speaking, I actually, my real favorite part of fall is when it first starts to get cold, which is sort of kind of towards the end of fall. I really enjoy playoff baseball. I really like October baseball, even if my favorite team, the Giants, aren't in it. I like to have it on in the background. Um, I enjoy Halloween 
and all the kids coming to the door. So, yeah, that's kind of like that kind of late, late October, early November is really when it starts to feel like you're getting into deep fall and and the days are obviously getting shorter and and the holidays aren't upon you yet. So you don't have all the stress of it yet, but they're coming. And so you can just think of all the nice things that you like about them before the stress sets in. That's my favorite part of fall. All right. I think I agree with you. I think my uh, sports kind of revolve. I love that there's football and baseball going on at the same time. Uh, it's it's uh, just, yeah, I love watching, you know, Sunday football and switching back and forth between games. And uh, it's just it's it's a great time of year and i like that it's you know theoretically gonna cool off and uh, i like that where it's just the temperature's just right not too hot not too cold and you know i i love the the fall you know flavors and the local coffee shops and just it's it's just so much fun because you just you get it's like those flavors are only there for a limited time only and uh, it just kind of reminds me of kind of warmth and, and and happiness. So I'm glad that fall's coming tomorrow. Uh, right. Okay. Whatever you say. <laughs> All right. Well, enough about that. You know what time it is. Is it that time? It's that time. Or tip, tip of, of the day. day. It's time for tip of the day, Ben. Tip. Of the day. And I could not think of a tip today, and so I just thought you could wing it. What? Wait, me? You. Uh, let's see here. Ah, I have one here that you wrote into the show notes. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I was trying to play it cool, but yeah, you know, yes, you know, we do plan what we're going to talk about, folks. So we do have a tip of the day. Uh, ben ha- is the one that came up with this one, though, so he is going to share what that tip is well it also helps me get a head start on my very complicated cocktail so we can steal i can steal a little extra time because hint hint this happens in my cocktail today but uh, a really interesting way to to add a little bit of pizzazz to your cocktail change it up a little bit without having to go out and buy more spirits or do something totally crazy and insane is to take some spices from your spice drawer or your spice cabinet, or your spice collection that's over there in the corner and that's mostly made up of bottles that you haven't opened in like three years. You, exactly. you crack some of those open, and you take some spirits, maybe some rum and some cognac, or a really good one would be a high-proof vodka. And you take a small amount of that, maybe a cup, and you toss those into a jar or some other sealed, sealable container with, with some spices like cinnamon sticks or cloves or allspice berries or maybe crystallized ginger. Or you could use fresh ginger as well. Just slice it up in the same way that we make our ginger syrup. And then you just seal that up and you let it sit overnight or for up to 24 hours and uh, and you'll have something entirely new and different to experiment with and make cocktails with. And the one thing I would say, though, is if you are going to use cloves, a little go a long way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, they're so little. They're so tiny. And they just, you, you look like, what can this little thing do? It can do a lot. You, you don't need that much. If you're using, like, if you're steeping this in, like, a cup of alcohol, 
no more than four cloves. You could go two, and that would probably be fine. Uh, but yeah, there you have it. That's my tip of the day. Create new spirits easily and simply overnight by infusing or steeping them with fresh or not-so-fresh spices from your spice collection. And that is the tip of the day. That's a great tip. And as you're talking about that, I was just thinking about how just doing that little thing can just turn, you know, any simple cocktail into an entirely new flavor and take it in a different direction. Like, you know, even like an old fashioned, if you were to kind of steep a bourbon in ginger and I'm just thinking out loud, I've never done that. But I might now because I think that's uh, that's a really cool idea. So thank you for sharing that tip. And as I'm looking at the ingredients of your cocktail, Ben, I see that uh, you indeed did do some of that. So why don't you get into it? What are you drinking today? Well, thank you for asking, Matthew. Today I am presenting a cocktail, a Ben original that I am calling Clearly It's Fall. <laughs> Tomorrow. Today, already, been so, clearly. Uh, and what is Clearly It's Fall? Well, Clearly It's Fall is a clarified milk punch cocktail with a spice-infused mixture of overproof dark rum and cognac. So there you go. That's that's part of my co- part of my cocktail is you take uh, four ounces of overproof rum and four ounces of cognac. You combine those together in a jar, and then you put into that two cinnamon sticks, two slices of fresh ginger, and two to four cloves. You seal that up, and you let that steep at least overnight. You could probably do this for up to 24 hours. The longer that you let it steep, the more that those flavors are going to infuse into your into your spirits. Uh, there might be a point where it's too much. So, you know, pay attention to it. Give it a little taste every now and then. And when you're satisfied with it, pull out those those uh, botanicals, the spices, and you should be left over with roughly a cup of overproof and con- overproof rum and cognac um, infused with wonderful spicy flavors. So once you have that, you are going to then add two ounces of strained, freshly squeezed lemon juice and four ounces of simple syrup. And I'm going to talk a little bit later as to why I held back on the the lemon so significantly because this is close to a two one one ratio. But you'll you notice that the uh, that the lime sorry the lemon here has been pulled back to to half of a half of a part. And then you're going to mix all of that together, and then you're going to take a cup of whole milk. You're going to put that into a microwavable vessel, and you're going to microwave that for 30 to 60 seconds. You want that to get to about room temperature. And then you're going to create a clarified milk punch by pouring slowly your spirit mixture into the milk. Now, you don't want to do this all in one big shot. You don't want to just chuck it in there. You want to do it slowly in short little spurts over like a minute, right? It doesn't have to take forever but you should slowly and carefully start pouring the spirits into the milk. And what you're going to see is it's going to look like a disaster. It's going to look like you ruined everything because the milk is going to start curdling, but this is actually what you want. It's curdling because of the, the lemon juice 
from the acid in the lemon juice and probably a little bit from the alcohol and some other acids that might be in the spirits. But it's going to start curdling, and that's actually what you want. And once the whole thing has curdled, you're going to let that sit for at least 30 minutes, but you could actually put this in the refrigerator and, again, let it sit overnight if you wanted to. That's going to create some deeper, more well-rounded flavors. You don't have to do this. I just generally wait 30 minutes. And then I take out a, a sieve. It's a, like maybe six inches across, like a fine mesh strainer. Uh, and then I put a cheesecloth on top of that. And then I put that over a vessel. And I start to pour in my curd spirit mixture. And it's going to kind of slump out and go bloop, 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 bloop. And land in your, your strainer in a kind of gross way. And what you want to do is you want to make sure that you get the curds all nicely around the entire base of your of your sieve, of your filter, so that the curds collect evenly across the bottom. And you're going to pour all of that in, or as much as you can. You may have to work in batches because you might have more liquid than you have space in your sieve. And once that strains off a little bit into your vessel, you're going to lift the whole thing out and put it over a new vessel that's empty, waiting side by the side. And then you're going to take what has strained into that first vessel and you're going to pour it back into the top. And the reason for that is because the milk curds are actually what are going to create the clarified result of this process. They're the thing that's actually doing the straining. It's not the cheesecloth. It's not the mesh strainer. They're just there for support. What is actually clarifying the milk here and the rest of your spirits as well are the curds that create what they call a nest in the bottom of your filter. And so that first liquid that falls through doesn't have a nest to fall through, so it's going to be a little bit cloudy. And that's why you do this vessel switch. If you do everything correctly, and you probably won't the first time or the second time, I probably got this right on maybe the fourth time that I did it, you're going to get a yellowish to almost crystal clear result. Now, the pros, they seem to be able to always get a crystal clear approach, but in all of my research and reading, I don't think any one of them knows how they did it. They've just done it so many times. They just stumbled upon the right way to do it, and they don't even know what the secret is. They just have it. My results have almost always been yellow. But uh, I'm showing this now to my brother, Matthew. Do you remember that photo I sent to you of those two liquids? Yeah. One was clear and one was brown. Yeah. This is the brown. That's crazy. Yeah, it's a, a pale yellow. Really pretty. So then after everything has strained into a perfectly clear but slightly yellowish liquid into your vessel, you're going to need to take that, put it into another clean, sealable container, and put that into the refrigerator to chill. Because you cannot chill this cocktail with ice because the clarified milk is what's acting as your dilution. So you do need to refrigerate it. Once it's fully chilled, I know, it's taken like 48 hours at this point. But once it's fully chilled, you then serve it by pouring it into a rocks glass over a single large chunk of ice. I garnished it with a lemon uh, twist. And, uh, and that is how you make the Clearly It's Fall. And it creates this um, really smooth... Um, liquid that has this kind of body to it, right? The milk punch has a little bit of body. It is not as 
I don't even know what the term for it is, Matthew, right? It, it has more texture to it, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of viscosity. To exactly. It. Yeah. It's like it's like somewhere between like a syrup and and just water, right? Water consistency or like or the pros call it mouthfeel. That's right. It has this wonderful mouthfeel. But also, because I did that infusion, you get a lot of the cloves, the cinnamon, the cognac is there as a really nice, simple base. The overproof rum is doing a lot of the lifting here in terms of the the ABV and also adding a little bit of oomph. Yeah, it creates just this really wonderful experience where you get all of these wonderful fall flavors because clearly it's fall. But I'm pumped. I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a lot to say about this, but I think if I keep going, Matthew, I'm going to use up all of my time. So why don't you go ahead and ask me some questions first and then. Well, I, I think because you know, I've done milk punch once before uh, with my fruity pebble milk, if you recall. And, I do recall. And and uh, I, I strained. I did the, an initial strain through the curds. And if I recall, and it has been a while, I used a coffee filter to do a second run through. And uh, so I, I'm interested. I'm curious that you didn't do that. Your recipe you follow didn't didn't have that. Uh, I also wanted to tell people that it is really important that you pour the booze into the milk and not the milk into the booze. Uh, and for some reason, the reaction is uh, not nearly as strong when you do it uh, the other way. So you really want to pour the booze into the milk uh, to create the curds. And uh, and the other thing that I want to remind people is that once you've made this, this stuff will, is shelf stable. You can keep it, you know, put it in the fridge and you could forget about it for like six months. It'll still be fine. Uh, it, Milk Punch's uh, recipes are go back, you know, like hundreds of years, maybe even thousands of years. I mean, this is an old, old trick to to get uh, uh, booze to, you know, these flavored boozes to last a long time. So. Uh, just, yeah. So I'm curious about the, but I am curious about the, 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 uh, the coffee filter thing. Well, so as you recall, I, I actually picked this idea up from, from Morgan Eckroth, who I spoke about in our last episode and she did use a coffee filter. Go figure. She's a coffee person, right? Yeah. So she did use a coffee filter, but she actually used a coffee filter for the entire filtering process. The reason I didn't do that is because I it's because of the step where I, I explained where you should take that first runoff and put it back through um, the nest uh, a second time. I think that accomplishes the same thing because after you do the first strain, if you don't do that process where you swap vessels and then restrain the first um, runoff, then you are going to get some cloudiness in in your cocktail. And I did try this. I did try this with coffee filters and I did do a second layer. But what I found was is that when you run it through that second time, there are still particulates that get through even a coffee strainer and they don't get collected because there's no nest for them to collect on, right? They're only getting caught by the coffee strainer. So I found that I got much better clarification just by running it through the curd nest twice, you know, partway through the process. Um, the other thing that I did want to mention is, yes, Matthew is absolutely correct. You have to add the spirit into the milk, not the milk into the spirit. You're going to get really bad results if you do it the other way. The The other thing is I want to mention is that this does kind of create a very citrusy sort of flavor. I also feel like some of the flavors get filtered out by this process. It's not just the color, but I really felt like I was losing some of the flavors, which is why I went with a really strong overproof rum, which is why I steeped with cloves and cinnamon. I really wanted a, 
those flavors to come through. And I felt like they were being filtered out. Maybe that was just my imagination, but I did feel like that was true. But the one flavor that wasn't getting filtered out for me compared to everything else was the citrus. To me, it just felt extra tart when I did this with normal ratios. And that's why I had less lemon. And, and the thing is, you don't really need to worry about how much lemon to put into this thing to get the curdling reaction. It really doesn't need that much. Like the amount of lemon that you would put into a standard cocktail is way more than enough to get the curdling action to go. So it's really not that big of a concern. I encourage people if you're interested to try it. But the one thing I would say is that this is going to take a lot of different vessels, <laughs> like a lot of different <laughs> things to to pour in and warm things up in and then pour into. And then it, it's just a, a process and you're not going to get perfect results the first time that you try. You're probably going to have to do trial and error a few times to, to get the final result. But there you have it, Matthew. That is clearly it's fall. What are you drinking today? Well, since it's not fall and clearly summer, uh, I thought I would wrap up uh, summer with a, a summer cocktail. It's not a fall cocktail. Let's put it that way. I am drinking a cocktail called the French Pearl. The French Pearl has two ounces of gin, three quarter ounces of lime juice, three quarter ounces of simple syrup, six to eight mint leaves, and an absinthe for a rinse of your glass. So you take all those ingredients except the absinthe and you put them in a cocktail shaker with ice and you shake vigorously for about 12 seconds. Uh, before you double strain that into your coupe glass, though, you want to atomize or rinse the inside of that coupe glass with absinthe. I put it in a little spray bottle uh, and spray it in, which is much easier. But you could put like maybe a quarter ounce in there and just roll it around the inside of the glass. And then you're going to double strain your uh, shaker into the coupe glass and garnish it with a mint leaf. It's very simple. So this is similar to other uh, templates. Uh, there's a cocktail out there called the uh, the Bennett, which has uh, uh, gin and lime juice, simple syrup, but it has Angostura bitters. And then uh, the Gimlet, which is probably the most well-known, uh, is pure gin, lime, and simple syrup. Uh, so this adds a mint and absinthe to that template to create a whole different cocktail. And the mint, of course, gives you this you know really refreshing punch in the face. The absinthe with its anise flavor is really heavy on the nose. You don't really taste it as much as smell it. And uh, and it just adds this really nice kind of flavor and uh, it to it while you're, you're sipping. So that is what I'm drinking. I'm drinking the French Pearl, an excellent cocktail to wind down summer, Ben. Uh, yeah, that is a weird choice. You know, I don't typically think of of mint being a fall flavor. So, so interesting choice, interesting choice. But I do really love this cocktail. I love this cocktail because it is one really simple after my very complicated cocktail. <laughs> so that's nice. But but I also like this cocktail because it is a variation of of the gimlet, right? And you also mentioned the Bennett, which is just a variation of the gimlet. And where the Bennett adds Angostura bitters, in this particular case, you're just adding mint and essentially creating a mint gimlet. But then also with the the absinthe wash, or sorry, rinse on the cup, on the cup, on the glass, then uh, you're creating in something that is very, very different, right? The absinthe on the nose goes a really, really long way. And of course, the mint, uh, in, in addition to that, you've got these two very, like... Um, 
very aromatic changes to this cocktail, which make it entirely different, right? Because a gimlet, I don't think, has a whole lot going on on the nose. But then suddenly you add these two things, and it is a very different experience. And I think it's a great example as how you can take an existing cocktail and make something very, very different with just a few subtle changes. Uh, and also, I love the gimlet. It's um, like all cocktails, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> well, there's there's something to be said for the simple you know, kind of cocktails, particularly when, you know, you don't have the time, you know, 24 hours to make your milk punch and you just want a really nice, refreshing summer cocktail. You know, you can. It's more like 36 hours. OK, OK. I was I was trying to be kind. But, yeah, thank you for the honesty. And uh, and and I think that there's something to be said for simplicity, you know, and uh, I think oftentimes we try to figure out how we're going to add more to a cocktail to make it more interesting and you know the tried and true cocktail templates with their you know two one one or in this case two three quarter three quarter template is is just perfect in itself and doesn't need really a whole lot more but then you know just adding one or two little things uh just adds that much more complexity and flavor so yeah i was really i'd love this cocktail i uh, you know, kind of stumbled across it in my research and, you know, recognized that it would be a really nice cocktail drink and I was not disappointed. Well, it sounds really nice. I, I'm like, I could go downstairs and make one right now, which is also why I like it. And I might. Well, there you have it, folks. The Clearly It's Fall and the French Pearl. If you liked either of these cocktails enough to make them, or maybe you made something better, take a scot of it and send it to us on social media. That's right, folks. Scott made it back. Scott won the name, naming contest. So they're Scots again. Scott not only, made, not only took a picture of last week's cocktail, but then he took a picture of the Suffering Bastard cocktail that we <laughs> tweeted out uh, as well. So the photos mm. are now called Scott's. Right. I'm glad that you added cocktail to the end of that because I was going to say, I don't remember Scott taking my picture. <laughs> but anyway, send those to us on social media. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Mastodon, Threads. Um, that's it. That's, that's it. it. Those, those, those yeah. are the ones. Those are the ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it. This list is so long. And uh, yeah, we love interacting with you all, and it really helps the show. You know what else helps the show, Matthew? Leaving a positive rating on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend or in-law or casual acquaintance or complete stranger about our show. That's right. And on that note, we will see you all next Monday when there will only be one week of baseball left. Will we already know the Giants' fate, or will we be waiting for them to put us out of our misery? Who knows? But we'll be there drinking these very same cocktails. Until then, Matthew, cheers, my friend. Cheers, Ben. Adios, everybody. Arrivederci. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. Because you get... All right. Okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. Stop, stop. Okay. Okay. 
What does the fox say? Ciao, baby. <laughs>